Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santamaria back with you in the midst of the 23 postseason. The uh, semifinals, well, the, the, the final four, the playoffs have started. New Zealand one zip up over Tasmania and we're all set for the second series of the playoffs. Sydney going to host the Cairns Taipans uh, on Wednesday night in game one. So we've arrived after all that play in tournament sort of business at the four teams who finished top four in the ladder. And now we battle it out to see who faces off in the championship series. There's a lot to unpack in that regard. There's also now six teams, more than half of the league that are out that are now well and truly looking to next season and what their roster will look like and how they go about building it. So to help me look at those six teams and what they could or should or need to do is my man, Derek Rucker, the 1990 MVP. Worked with him yesterday on the broadcast and a man who has his finger on the pulse right across the competition. So sit back, relax. Up next, Derek Rucker. All right, Ruck, great to see you, mate. Thanks for joining me again on The Huddle. Well, it's great to be here again. Obviously, there's so much going on, and uh, I'm sure you want to talk about yesterday's game a bit. Well, we do need to talk a little bit about those couple of games yesterday because, you know, they are the relevant ones in terms of the tilt for the championship. But as I said, I do also want to dive in with you on these six teams that are out and what they need to do moving forward for next season. But before we do... Your, your reflections on yesterday. Let's start in far north Queensland. You were sidelined watching DJ Hogue, Bullqual, Sam Wardenberg, and that undermanned Taipans team have a really big win. Well, I think this is another, another game that you must give the coach of the year, Adam Ford, a lot of credit for. He continues to prepare these guys, and no matter who is healthy, no matter who is starting that game, um, they come out ready to play. DJ Hogue and Shannon Scott, I really like these guys as players. Um, they seem to be very, um, very selfless characters. At times, I think that hurts Cans because when Tajir McCall gets back in the lineup, he's such a strong personality and, and extroverted, an extroverted personality that sometimes it seems like it swallows up Hogue, it swallows up Scott. And those guys, Hogue is the best player on that team. Do not get it twisted in any way he's the only guy that has the capability of going out and doing what happened yesterday and taking over the game I would love to see him play like this for the rest of this tournament now on the Perth side Liam I caught up with head coach John really the night before the game and John was really optimistic he was intense he was really focused and he thought his team was going to put together a much better performance than they did but I thought the absence of Ty Webster, when I thought when I heard Ty Webster was out, I thought that was a killer. I, I it, it really hit me in here. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't think that they can overcome that. Yeah, I mean, we know it's been much talked about the fact that they've shortened their rotation considerably. So when you take a key piece out of that out in such a big game, um, it was always going to impact. Um, DJ Hogue, the best thing that Adam Ford did yesterday was make a focus of Hogue in the early going. And, he, you know, they clearly spoke about it in the pregame. He talked about it in the postgame. So, look, we went at him early. Now, when the matchup is Brady Manic, like teams have been doing that all season early yeah. on, on Brady Manic. But 
after the loss to Tassie where Hogue wasn't assertive enough, didn't get enough shots. I thought that was the best thing he did. So, hey, listen, there's no possibility for you to ease your way into the game. We're going to you early and we're going to get you and you're going to get us going. And I thought Perth helped him out also. I thought some of those closeout, the technique on the closeout weren't always great. You know, it's funny because this morning I was teaching kids how to close out and I was like, throw your hands up in front. Don't close out with that low hand because realistically, that's not going to do much, especially to a guy who's six foot eight. You know, he's letting that thing go from up high. Um, the other thing was his biggest bucket of the game, Liam, I thought was the one right before the end of the half because I thought Perth had started to close it in momentum wise. And he made a really tough, ugly and one that kind of got the crowd back up on his feet, gave him some momentum going into the change room. And I just thought that kind of sucked the life out of Perth. And they really never, they only whimpered in the second half. They were never really a threat. We're going to talk about Perth uh, in a little bit as we go through those other teams. Did you catch any of the New Zealand Tassie game one? It was straight after the game. You were probably making your way back to Brisbane, but uh, the, the breakers just put him in the absolute terror dome defensively. Yeah, and that was always going to be a tough game. Realistically, I thought Milton Doyle was going to have to repeat his performance of Thursday night against Cairns. And New Zealand are a much better defensive team. I like Cairns defensively, but when New Zealand crank it up, Cairns aren't in the same league defensively as New Zealand. And I just thought Doyle was going to come out, was going to need to have a super effort. But look, realistically, Liam, I don't think anything was lost by Tasmania. New Zealand had to get that first game. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. New Zealand got it. Tassie can go home now. If they get this second game, hey, now we're exactly where we want to be. I like Scott Roth in that type of the situation. Mm -hmm. I like the no frills approach from Tasmania in a one game sudden death appearance. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I would pick them, but that puts them in a, in a decent position. All is not lost for Tasmania. I'm picking them in game two. Uh, I, I like New Zealand for the series, but yeah. for all the reasons you just said there about Tassie and the fact that, and I spoke about this yesterday, I've spoken about it all season long. They're the best bounce back team in the league. This is not a team that goes on losing streaks. And if they do, it's, if it's a two game losing streak, it's a surprise yeah. because you know, they have this next play. They have this next game mentality that they bring to the fore. And you're right. The team, Scott Roth, the fans, mm. the fans are going to really bring it. Is it. This is the exact same situation they were in in the semifinals last year. Lost game one to Melbourne United. It, the whole season was on the line. They got the win. And then they go on the road and have a crack and just see if they can pull off something miraculous. So it's set up beautifully. And it's going to be a big game there on Thursday night. Mm. all right man let's talk about the teams that aren't involved because the review the planning the preparation and you know what the moving and shaking begins and for some of them has already begun um for those squads now i always like to do this um alphabetically so we're going to start with adelaide who were one of the two big disappointments over the course of this season along with the brisbane bullets now here's who they've got under contract the two imports Antonius, well, two of the, the three imports, Cleveland and Franks. Mitch McCarron, who has been their starting point guard now for a couple of seasons. Uh, Sunday Detch, Kyron Galloway, and Nick Marshall. 
Now they've got a mutual option in place here with Anthony Drimmick. From a club perspective, how do you think you go about that option? I'm picking up Drimmick without a doubt. He gave them good play um, when some other guys were struggling. He gives you a toughness. He gives you three-point shooting. Even though he didn't shoot the ball as well as we know he can from the three, um, a lot of guys across the league have not shot the ball well. So I'm willing to give most shooters a pass this season on being down on their three-point percentage. But I've got to bring Drimmick back. He's a guy. He's the type of guy that you can go to a championship series with, Liam. If you're Anthony Drimmick, I think you maybe have a bit of a think about this because he had a good season. You know, he has a career. That was a career high points per game. And I don't know that this is a super strong free agent class across the league. So I wouldn't hate him for testing his, his market price. Well, you know where he would be good back here in Brisbane. New coach, new situation. He's got some friends there in that, in that mix and he knows the city. So That'll be interesting to see whether that just gets picked up or whether there's a little renegotiation that just takes place behind the scenes and it's put out as the the uh, the option was picked up by both sides. But today's price is bigger than yesterday's price. Exactly. We'll wait and see. The, the free agents, the key free agents, it's not their entire list, but it's Ian Clark. And the one I think is really interesting is club legend Daniel Johnson. True. Liam, let's hit Daniel Johnson first. He is a professional offensive player. I thought in the hype of everything that may have been the fallout from that terrific win against the Phoenix Suns, his significance, I thought, was forgotten in the first third of the year. CJ moved him into that six-man role. I still think the guy is very valuable coming off the bench or starting. I'm not sure what he needs Daniel, from a psychological point of view, to be effective, maybe you need to start him to appease him and to get him to buy into some other things on the floor. Maybe he can buy into a six-man. I see the six-man role as being somewhere where he can really thrive, but I still don't know of many better offensive players in this competition at his size and with his experience, Liam. So I'm locking him up again because here's the other thing. You hate to see one of these guys go somewhere else and come back to haunt you. <laughs> well, he has the potential to do that. I mean, he's not a one-club player. Started with the Melbourne Tigers way, way, way back in the day. But he mm. might as well be because yeah. he's played for so long at a really high level for the 36ers. Never won a championship, which is, you know, he's been to the, the championship series a couple of times. The tricky bit is that he and Robert Franks are very similar in terms of what they bring to your roster. They are fours who can play the five at a pinch and can shoot from the perimeter, are offensive weapons, but you know, you are, you kind of need to deal with what it is that they bring at the defensive end, which neither of them are a lead at. So that's tricky because if you want to play Robert Frank's 30 to 33 minutes a game, I don't love Franks and Johnson on the floor together. So what does that leave for DJ then in a six-man role? I agree. And look, I think there's a discussion to be had with Robert Franks around his defensive effort, around his body language, which I didn't love from time to time when things weren't going well. Look, he's one of the 
he's either your first or second best player on any given night. What he projects from a physiological point of view is vital. And I thought a lot of times that didn't look great for someone with his immense talent. Um, his physical attributes are elite in our competition. And there's no reason why he is not, there's no reason why, Liam, he should not be in the top five for MVP every single season. Mm. Now, yeah. Ian Clark did not have a good year, especially when you look at his advanced metrics. Poor, poor, poor. But we know what he's capable of. We know his talent level. He can really shoot the basketball. I could only bring him back if I knew he was coming here from the jump. No mm -hmm. more coming to the party at midnight. Nah, <laughs> you're getting there before the hors d'oeuvres are, are, are laid out. I need you there from the jump preseason, and we can go that way with it. No, for sure. You need to be the life of the party throughout the entire event. Um, Mitch McCarron, three-year deal off the jump. Um, Money-making Mitch McCarron. Let's not make any bones about it. It was a big deal because he deserved it. He was a championship-winning point guard, all-NBL second team, free agency. They picked him up. Now it's going to be year three of that deal. Are you, as as CJ Bruton and as that organization happy to roll him back out there as your starting PG. This is a really, really tough one. And Liam, they're not the only club that finds themselves in this situation. I really like Mitch. And first let's explain to the public. It is not Mitch's fault that he got paid the money that he is making right now. He yeah. earned that money. Mm -hmm. A club has to pay a premium to get you out of a situation in which you just won a championship. Mm -hmm. So Mitch is only doing what everybody else in any business would do, leveraging his position and more power to him. However, you cannot shoot 20% from the three, Liam. That, that, that's just appalling. I don't know how that happens. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because, you know, they had the baby during the year and other reasons that I pointed out. It's a poor, it's been a poor two or three seasons for three points shooting across the competition, but it's the other things I wanted to see. And the loss of aggressiveness in trying to score the reluctance to draw fouls and get to the line, those types of things are, are bothering me. And I hope that they're not a trend, a permanent trend and that he is able to show some offensive sting and score the basketball. He needs to be averaging 13 points a game, six rebounds, five assists, and on a, in a winning program, not a team that's down competing for a play-in. Come on, man, that's, that's, that's not good. It's been frustrating to watch because all the ballers around the league, the former ballers, everybody who's watching, you know, been, been a part of the league over the years, they love, love Mitch McCarron because they recognize all the different things he brings to the table that's more than on the box score. But the dip in confidence is really hard to watch because um, it's almost like, you know, you've, so you've seen guys over the years who are really poor from the free throw line and eventually it impacts them so badly that it's almost like they're hard to be, to, to be on the floor. Well, that's what's happening with Maka from the three-point line. And I thought it was going to be a bounce back year in that regard, watching him in the off season, 
with the Australian team playing those games against China and Japan and the like. And he was shooting it with great confidence. And it looked like he was putting in a lot of work and he was in the right space mentally. You know what? I'm going to let this thing fly. I know I can shoot it. I'm going to shoot it well. And then over the course of the year, the misses piled up and he got really gun shy and it, it impacted his entire game. And, and the Sixers were a team that had a good field goal percentage from two, but they were just horrible from three. Mm. You know, if they shoot, I think they wound up shooting something like 30, 31% as a team from three. If they were up at 34%, they're probably a play-in team. That's how, that's how tight everything is in this competition. And, you know, that's why you need the most, you need to extract everything you can from your top players and your players earning the big bucks. Because, you know, it's with the, the plan has totally changed things for the better. Mm. Like these past two or three weeks have been so fascinating. And, you know, it went down to it went down to the last play of the season. <laughs> I know. I know. It was crazy. So, all right. The priority move is to is to pick up the option on Dremick and to re-sign Clark from the get. Yep. All right. Brisbane. I know you've got some thoughts and feelings, surely, on the bullets. Let's start with the move that they've just made. They've signed their head coach. Now, they needed to get that done now, quickly, ahead of free agency. So that Why? Especially... Why? What? You don't... Because you want to have your head coach involved in the conversation of the construction of the roster. There's so much to get into here. Yes, go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. Okay. And, and, and let's, and the fact is that starts before free agency opens because right now, now for those who aren't familiar teams right now, before free agency opens, which is usually about a week or so after the end of the grand final series between now and then teams can re-sign guys on their own squad that are out of contract, um, but they can't go ahead and sign players from other teams. So that is potentially on the cards right now with guys like Tanner Krebs and Jason Kadee and Tyler Johnson. So you want to have, I think you want to have your new head coach involved in those conversations. Um, so they've hired Justin Shuler. Mike Kelly was in the mix. Greg Vanderjack was in the mix after being the interim coach. Judd Flavel wasn't a long way off. My understanding is that's the group that they were choosing from. And Justin Shuler, former Melbourne United assistant coach, head coach of the under-17 Australian squad, is the Bullets' new head coach. Okay. Now, we've had discussions all season long about who selected the team for the Bullets and all those dynamics. And did James Duncan have any say in his team? I think we've reached a conclusion through all types of deduction that James did not have much to do with the construction of that roster. Is Justin Schuler going to have any more say in the construction of the roster? If he isn't Liam, then why rush to sign him? Because I think he is. I think what they're, okay. they're at a point with in that process where they're like, listen, Sam McKinnon, Jim of basketball, Stu Lash has been brought in as the senior advisor. So the two of them are involved in this from a front office perspective. Their messages to me and, and communication to me has been the new head coach is going to be very hands-on and involved 
involved in this process. So they were, they were wanting to put that in place. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm, I'm, I've got to get Tyler Johnson and Jason Kadi done. I believe the three guards can work. I've said that from the jump. I think those three guards can play together. They're all really good basketball players. And you run a risk. If you let Tyler Johnson go, we see what he can do, Liam. Were you, were you impressed with what he did on the back half of the season? Sure. Terrific. I think what he did can be carried on for a few years in this competition. He understands it better. He's a really good dude. He's good with fans. The players enjoy him. And the value you're getting him at, based on what I understand his, his salary is, is, is exceptional. Okay. I think those three guys can, can play 90% of your minutes at the one and the two. Okay. And then you go some three guard rotation at times also. Now it's how do you make that work with the big fella? Okay. Now, hold on. Let's, before we move into the front court now, quick, let me just quickly say they got Baines and Sobey under contract. They've got club options to think about with Lawal Ding, Harry Froling, and we send our our best to Harry for his ongoing recovery and DJ Mitchell. So some decisions to be made in those regards. Um, the free agents, are Jason Kiddie, Tyler Johnson, as you talk about there, I mentioned Tanner Krebs, Tyrell Harrison, who's an interesting name and Gorjak Gak. Now I couldn't disagree with you more about the backcourt. I'm at a point now and I was there in the off season with this group. You need a point guard, three combo guards. We've seen it for years now in Brisbane. Nathan Sobe needs to play the two. He needs to be your starting two. You need to play him like Chris Golding. You need to play him like he played alongside Jerome Randall in Adelaide. I when agree. He was all in BLC. What if he doesn't want to do that? <laughs> uh and I'm not saying I know one well, way Well, the emails don't run the asylum. It, the tail doesn't that, wag the dog. I, I mean, I don't know, but it looks from game appearances that he likes to lead the offense as well. Right? I think it's time for a point guard at, in, that, in that team. Now, I don't know, like a, like a Peyton Seaver, like a, like a Derek Walton Jr., a guy that is the undisputed point guard and Sobes, you're the two run the lane we're skipping it ahead we're pushing it ahead and then you're getting your head on the rim um we're running play lob plays for you like when was the last time the the bullets ran something like that for nathan Sobey? like joey did for him at yeah. the two alongside jerome randall on the regular i want to see that in brisbane i want a point guard in brisbane and i feel really strongly about it I agree with you, but I'm just looking at the evidence and I see him liking to carry the ball and his strength of personality and character leads that to be the case. And in game, different things happen than happen that happen that don't happen in practice. And it, I, I hear you. Is it, what if this that is could be Will McDowell? Why? How do you get to that point? where you're able to get a good point guard. You can bring a good import point guard. You can slot Nathan to the two, and then you bring Jason off the bench. What if you could get Will McDowell-White to come back to his hometown? Why would he leave New Zealand? He wouldn't. But he has to, I mean, they blew that chance. 
get Daryl McDowell White on the podcast one day and he'll explain it to you in quite colorful detail how that went down. But will there's no way New Zealand have to New Zealand would have to absolutely lose their minds. Will McDowell White is the second best point guard in the competition. He is a valued asset. He is a top 10 Australian asset now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look, I, I wouldn't move if I was him. The, and New Zealand would be crazy not to throw the bag at him, which we know that they will because uh, he deserves that now. He's a chance to be all league first team next season. Um, but I don't know. That's the kind of guy. And if not him, an import that's a similar type of player. I know. And, and, you know, maybe Nathan, maybe a discussion can be had with him. And this requires talent from your coach to be able to no negotiate roles and get to talk to Nathan. It doesn't mean that you're not going to handle the ball or carry the ball. It's just, we want to reduce those numbers of minutes because we feel we can use you in other areas better. I really think he's a, he's a 20 plus game of score shooting that ball at about 38% from the three getting a lot of free throws, getting four assists a game. I really think Nathan has that in him still and can do that for another few years. Or you just try and ride this season out. It's the final year of his deal. You ride this season out, hope to get the best from him, and then make a decision at the end of next season. That's not how I'd want to do it. I'd rather address it straight up and, and you know, either go with the import guard or go with that three-guard combination. See, the thing I like about the three-guard combination is those guys, and I'm talking about Johnson, Kadi, and Sobey, yeah. is that they play together now. They're yeah. going to be really tough next year together if they all come back and are healthy. They know each other now. Man. And the bond is good with those guys. I think I, I just have something in me that isn't ready to bail out on that if you don't have money for an import guard or you can't find that right fit, Liam. Okay. All right. So in the front court, Harrison and Gak are the two key. I mean, Tanner Krebs, I think, is a is a no-brainer re-signing as a as a guy that can you can start if you want to as a defensive. I have a feeling player. he may not come back, Liam. Change of scenery. I think um, some I think other teams see him as as an asset that's valuable where they can mold him in, let him play a role. His role was probably a bit too undefined and expanded mm -hmm. here. And like what it was at the beginning of the season was totally different to what it was three weeks later. And then yeah. he wasn't playing. And then he was playing 32 minutes a game. I think if someone can find a nice 18 to 20 minute role per game for him, he can really thrive as a great role player. I like it. And teams around the league should be, should be focusing on in on him. That they team slept on him. I felt last off season, he was re-signed really late in the piece. He was on yep. the market for a long time. I see Tyrell Harrison as a potential change of scenery guy. Like if I'm looking for a backup big around the league, I'd be, I mean, he's a, he's a very good option, but for me, Gorjak Gak is a priority re-signing. If you're the bullets, no bones about it. Try to get that done. Well, I like, why is that not done already? Like I had this discussion last year about Robert Franks. Like, Gorjak Gak should have a three-year deal. Can you still do three-year deals? He should have a three-year or whatever the length, the maximum length is on his table right now. Because with other movements throughout the league, say Pender can't be re-signed by the Taipans. Perfect spot for Gak. That energy pl they play with. Gak, you know what we want you to do? Run, block shots, and dunk. 
and just jump above the rim as much as possible. That's all you got to do. Melbourne Who's- United, another great destination for Gorjak Gak. Run, jump. Dean has had great success with guys like him. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be great there. Tyrell, I have second in priority behind Gak because of his inability to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And he makes the Bullets a significantly better team. Again, his advanced metrics are outstanding. Mm-hmm. But it's three weeks in, six to eight out. <laughs> you can't have that. It's true. That is true. Uh, just on Gak, Who's to say that that deal is not on the table right now? I well, would presume. Well, again, yeah, if it is, Liam, it's bad PR. You should be publicizing that to your people. They need something here to get excited about. Say, yeah, publicly. Put pressure on Gak. Hey, we yeah. extended an offer to him. Let the public know what you're trying to do. Fair. And because if you're Gak. You know what I mean? Just that. I, that I hear spirit. you. Yeah, I hear you. If you're Gak, why would you sign that right now? Because the money is going to make you think about signing it right now. I know, but what if I'm his agent, I'm saying, listen, whatever is the offer from Brisbane right now, there's a good chance that there's going to be something bigger from someone else in a couple of weeks' time. If I was Brisbane, I'd play a little bit hard and say, you've got till, uh, you know, you, there's a two-week limitation on this thing. Otherwise, we're going to move. We've got, you can't go with Harrison and Gak anymore. That's a wrap. It's one or the other. All right, let's talk about the Illawarra Hawks, their next cab off the rank. Um, Here's who they've got on the roster, contracted for next season. From a starting perspective, it's Robinson, Harvey, and Froling. Those guys are locked away. You've got three key pieces there, two imports, and a a bright young Aussie star. You got Dan Greeter and Wani Swakala Bullock under contract. You got a club option on Will Hickey. You pick that up? Yes, I like what I saw from him. And then from a a free agent, the key free agents then, I think the big question then is for the third import, is it Michael Frazier, bring him back and you go one, two, three with the imports? Or is it a big? Is it a a big to play alongside Sam Froling? The guy that Mango Matiang they hoped would be this season that's just finished for them. but didn't turn out to be. It ended up ding-ding starting the, the yeah. whole season alongside Sam Froling. Is it an import big or is it Michael Frazier on the wing? I like the competitive edge that Frazier brought when he joined the lineup. I thought he gave him an, an injection. And you know what? I'm going to go with something different. I'm going to go one, two, three with my imports and be like, see if y'all can check us. Can you check us? And I would put tremendous pressure, Liam, on those three guys. You better be making other players better. You better be getting Harry, uh, sorry, Sam Froling, at least two dunks a game off of creation. Um, that's a destination for either. That would be a great destination for Tyrell Harrison. Well, they, that's right. So if you go the import, if you go Frazier, one, two, three on the imports, then you need to find some bigs. Harrison, like they're taught, like what Duop Wraith was for them, what Nick K would be in a dream scenario. Like you're going to need to find someone like that. And they won three games this season, Liam. Okay. So if you, if you triple that, you get to nine and that's a very successful season. And I think if Fraser Harvey and Robinson on their own individual brilliance can't get you seven wins collectively, 
then those guys haven't held up their end of the bargain. And then as a team, you've got to be able to eke out another three or four. And now you're looking up again. You're in there competing. You're knocking somebody else down a couple of rungs. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm never afraid to do something different um, to what everyone else is doing. You've got to. Like, look how Cans, Adam Ford, full credit to him. He's like, yo, we're getting up and down playing high energy. Yesterday, I was shocked when they were shooting some of those threes. A young fellow was jacking threes like he had been doing it all season. Lap man, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he could shoot like that. He's going to be a player. He's going to be a good player. Yeah, no, you're right. They're doing, they're doing. And you know what? In terms of doing things different, not being scared to do things different. If you're a small market team like an Illawarra or Cairns in free agency, sometimes you need to do that. Like people around the league were texting me like, dude, Adam, like Cairns promised Sam Wardenberg a starting spot. Why would you ever do that? You just never do. And I'm like, they wouldn't have got him. Wouldn't have got got him. him. So, you know, maybe you don't ideally want to have to do things like that, but if you're in a small market, you're offering a little less than he might get in the Harbour City or elsewhere, you got to do something to try to get it over the line. And Liam, we talk about it and we talk about all the time, the value of knowing who you are. And I think if Illawar were to run it like that, that really establishes them as a perimeter strong team. Like Robinson may or may not be a top three import next year. The signs coming into this season, I know you were high on him, weren't you? Mm-hmm. I like him. We know what Harvey can do, and we saw what Fraser's capable of doing. Let's go like that. Let's roll it out there, play really smart defensively, throw some, you know, some, some traps, some slowdown defensive pressure at them, reduce the hits we take defensively, and get after it offensively. See who can guard us one through three for 95% of the game. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing. You guys are going to be in extreme condition because you're playing minimum 36 a game. For sure. All right, cool. Let's pivot towards Melbourne United. Very interesting. Chris Golding and Shaili only under contract, um, which I think, you know, that's a situation from a club perspective where you go, two guys we, we love having under contract. Mm. The future of Shaili from a playing perspective, I think is cloudy. Because, I mean, you know, like that three repeated concussion issues over the course of this season. What does that I mean? We saw with Delhi how much it impacted him the following year. He was he was basically not able to play before he then yep. came back to the NBL, got right, and then went back over. So what does that look like for Shaley next season? I'm not sure. Here's who they've got. I mean, it's the rest of the roster is free agents so there's no point listing them my priority re-signing out of all of those guys is Marcus Lee I thought he was a great mid-season pickup he's a really good center in this league and if you have him from the jump like you're talking about with Ian Clark I think he can be a real impact guy look Melbourne and I will be back in the hunt next year they can they get back Tucker they get back Lee they're fine uh you know I look for Barker to play some more minutes I don't think there's – they weren't far off it this year. The the preseason injury to Haporty was the big deal. No need for panic down there. Um, get those guys you signed mentioned uh, – you mentioned signed up, and they're fine. They're ready to wheel again. They'll be right back in the hunt. I don't think there's a big – there's not a lot to do down there. I think they're – I think they're pretty easy. It's just can they, can they get Haporty back in the mix 
And how's that? How's he going to come back from that injury? I think he's going to come back strong. Yeah, I think he's going to come back. And and uh, the interesting thing is, is he is he can he come back like Jack White came back? But yeah. the, the the word coming out of Melbourne United when Jack White was making his return was like, hey, Liam, he's he's quicker and stronger and faster wow. and and uh, more explosive. I'm like, no, 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 I snapped my Achilles. That doesn't happen. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, for real. And then he came back and he was that. And now he's in the NBA. Yeah. And if Porty can do that, I mean, we saw him at the very start of preseason, right? Like he looked like he was going to be a first round pick. Mm. Um, so that's the challenge. He's been working hard. I spoke to chatted with him the other day at length. And he said that the, you know, the, uh, the strength and conditioning, the rehab as Melbourne United has been terrific. And, you know, he's feeling good now. He's, there's still that sort of frustration and lack of confidence that you have by not being out on the floor and just sitting there watching yeah. this whole period of time. But but he's going to be a key piece for them. I they're going to make a splash in free agency because they're a big market team with a big budget, and they usually do. You think back to like when Todd Blanchfield blew up at Townsville, was All NBL second team, most improved player, and all of a sudden he was at Melbourne United. Um, they have the the ability to kind of sign a guy from elsewhere around the league who, um, you know, costs a bit and they get over the line and the club that that person was previously at is sad to lose him. Hender. Talk to me. Well, I think that's a, that's the target. Um, With I, Marcus I Lee. see him foregoing the money that would be on offer from a Melbourne United or a Perth. I just don't, you know, it would be sad because I love how he sinks in with everything that 40 does and the tie pants and all that stuff. But fiscal realities are what they are, Liam. And he goes to Melbourne United or if he was out on that floor yesterday with Perth, things change significantly. Yeah, the Taipans, I don't think, are going to be able to keep him, unfortunately. That, as you say, that's the sad reality. Now, does that land at Melbourne United or somewhere else? That'll be interesting. I, I reckon maybe Luke Travers is another guy to keep an eye on in that regard. Like, And we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk to him next. In fact, we can talk to him now if you're ready to okay. move off Melbourne United. Um, because he, for me, is another change of scenery guy. Like, listen, it's time to move away from the family. It's time to go somewhere now where you understand it is go time. There is no like games off, Luke Travers. You got to take that step. That game that you gave us a couple of weeks ago, where it was the 20 and 10 double double with six times, it's that on the regular. You got to take the leap. And I think he's got to move somewhere else to make that happen. Yesterday was a strange one for Luke because he'd been cooking prior to that, right? And I couldn't tell if he was hurt like I was right next to the end of their bench and he was receiving some treatment but it was on his right leg and then later he had the lower left leg strapped up and everything so I don't know maybe he just wasn't feeling well but he was running really weird and then somebody on the Perth bench was like no that's just the way he moves that's his (laughs) normal gait and I'm like this is Perth so I know they're not totally telling me the truth (laughs) but I kind of agree with you but also like John really said that he feels that Mike Kelly has had a really good influence 
on Luke Travers' development and especially his shooting. Mm -hmm. So John has basically banned anyone from working with Luke on his shooting other than Mike, Hmm. which is a good move because sometimes young players get a lot of thoughts in their heads and learning to shoot the ball is really difficult. And this person you're telling you telling you this and another person saying, try this. And so John said he doesn't even really said he doesn't even get involved. That's Mike's baby. And it looks like Mike's done a good job. I watched right job. yesterday in, in a pregame shoot around and his, his, his technique looks good. His timing is pretty good. The tempo was good. Now he didn't shoot it great in the game, but I think over the, the, the second half of the season, yesterday's game, was not normal. It was abnormal. Now I think he is going to really trend up and be a good shooter going forward. Are they ready to make him a full-time starter? I think that's what he would be looking for in free agency, right? Well, look, if Perth can retain the Webster brothers, Bryce is there. Um, you know, the imports, Thomas, eh, Manic, you know, he's shown some moments, but he came up small yesterday um, I would think Perth would be looking at a, you know, like you said with Melbourne United, looking at a big Aussie splash to make a difference. How long is Nick K going to stay overseas? <laughs> How long are some of these other guys like, when are they coming home? Mm. And I mean, I don't mean like after they finished their prime, I mean, when they're still in their prime, when are they going to come home? How long are they going to do it overseas for? And, uh... Angus Brandt. Pinder in Perth is interesting. WA kid. That could be fun. He would set that place alight, Liam. He really would. So Cotton's under contract. Mitch Norton's under contract. Kyle Zunick. Todd Blanchfield for another two years. And then mutual options on the Webster brothers. No-brainer pickups from the club's perspective on those contracts. I'm not a big fan of the Webster brothers playing together. I like them uh, as tremendous talents, but they're a bit more mature now. And what I saw in the Perth version of it, I liked. Yeah. And again, like I said, with those three guards in Brisbane, if those guys can get some, a bit of vibe going between the three of them, Bryce is like, Bryce has got a lot of KD about him. You can just plug him in anywhere. And because he's so smart and good and considerate and respectful, he, he, you can put anybody with him or you can put him just about anywhere and it's going to work, right? Do you think it's, it's Jesse Wagstaff's decision? Time for Jesse probably to, although he wasn't bad yesterday, I didn't, I, I thought he was okay, but mm-hmm. I guess it just depends how he pulls up physically. I wouldn't mind one more year with him, but mm-hmm. I'm certainly not letting him escape the program. I want him to play again. I want him to win the seventh championship. I want, I love records being broken. I loved it yesterday when Hogue said a new one for the Taipans in the postseason. This is why I want Bryce to win. And I was, I, I had Xavier Cooks for MVP, but it's why I want Bryce to win more. I want him to chase Drewy. You yeah. know, we, we, what we saw recently with LeBron passing a record that nobody thought would ever be broken. I want to have that to happen in the NBL. Mm. It's why I wanted the Wildcats streak. And I'm, I'm in the minority on the Eastern seaboard, but why I wanted that thing to keep going 36, 37, heck let's see 40. 
And I would just love to see him stand alone as the only player ever to win seven titles. Just quickly, I'm sure you saw the Twitter banter that was going on between the East Coast and the West Coast yesterday. So, I mean, what is the deal with the play-in? Is Perth, is, is Perth at two in a row of missing out? What is the official ruling? Because if anyone knows it, you know it. What are we doing here with all of that back and forth? Come on. Right? That's why I posted out there. I just said, like, the ring is the thing. Like, what are we doing here? The, the shout and fraud that existed there. And all the people who were just, like, watching the clock. Yes, Perth lost. Bang. Let me stick it to them. I'm like, what are we doing here? But, hey, I love people are passionate and that's cool. For me... There's the regular season and there's the postseason. And if the and for me, the Wildcats made the postseason, Melbourne United and Adelaide did not. Fair. That's how I view it. Um, Def, you're not bringing back either of those imports. Maybe Manic. Hmm. Putting him on ice. I'm maybe Thomas. Oh. I don't trust Thomas's body. Okay. I like his impact. And I thought, and I, maybe he is what we just saw, but I think there's some untapped potential there for him to be even better than he was this mm. season. I, I just don't, I can't have an import that is like a pick on guy. And look, Brady Mannix been big for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Brady Mannix been big for him over the course of the season in various moments, like they wouldn't have got that. The, the 41 points was amazing. Bryce, 20 points in the fourth quarter. They wouldn't even been in it had he not mm. lit the place up in the first half against Southeast Melbourne. But the start of every game across the whole league, teams just go at Brady Manic. And I don't know, I, you pay it like, I can't have an import that's like, I like imports in that spot that are like Jarrell Brantley that are like, no way you're coming anywhere. Near yeah, the you can't have your import being the mark. The Phoenix. Mm. We close it out with the Phoenix. Um, man, up 13 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Whew. Your boy Tommy must have an ulcer. Uh, uh, they're becoming like a tortured fan, like fan base now in the sense that they were up 17 on Melbourne United in game three, the previous time they were in the finals. And they let that go. And then here they're up 13. They got Mitch Creek, Ruben Turangi, and now Big Source under contract. They got a club option on Junior Madut. Do you pick that up? Yeah. And they've got the rest of the roster out of contract. Let's start with the imports. Gary Brown and Trey Kell. Man. They look good, but boy, they fizzled out. They fizzled out like ice on a damn hot sidewalk up here. It just went to nothing, went to mm. water. Mm. And it was kind of, it kind of represented how their season went, you know, especially the back half. Mitch Creek was there carrying, carrying, carrying. And when those guys went down, wasn't their fault, but when those guys went down, they were just never able to get that mojo back that they had. And that fourth quarter meltdown was, I guess, a function of the fact that they, they just hadn't rebuilt the chemistry that they had earlier in the year. And 
41 points though, Liam, defensively, you would think like with no scheme, if we just rolled up five cats, you know how hard it is to score 41 points in a quarter? That is a significant failure and one that really, no matter what happened positive this season for the Phoenix, and there were a lot of positives, they're all removed. That 41, that 41.4 quarter is sitting over the top of you bad. And the thing I would worry about is just what damage the belief, because as you said, this is two years in a row. Well, they had that, that they had the last two trips to the postseason yeah. last Sorry. year, yeah. last yeah. year, they didn't make it. They were flying mm-hmm. and then Ryan Brockoff got injured and then they, they tailed away over the course of that season. Um, I would be fine with them bringing both of those guys back. I think they're both high-level guys. Gary Brown led the league in assists. Uh, and Trey Cal, I like him as a, I mean, he's a stopper. You know, they can play him on on big-time guys. Yeah. Um, and he's another guy I think is better than what he showed over the course of, of this season. Um, so I, you know, so I would be cool with them bringing them back because as you said, like, when they were all together, that group, they were really oh. good. And maybe that, that the fact they didn't play in the final game of the regular season, um, they, and they were just coming, bringing Ryan Brockoff back from the, the injury. He wasn't even quite 100% in that last game. There's a lot to kind of factor in there. And I think that and they the would look going at, back to China was a big one too. And losing Joe Chi was big as well. So big. what about Brockoff? No-brainer re-signing? He is because I just think you need quality characters. Ryan Brockoff, uh, Jason Khadib, uh, Sean Bruce, uh, Cam Glidden, even though he's jumped around a bit. For me, I like having those types of people around. Hopefully um, they're willing to accept whatever role comes their way for the benefit of the franchise. And they're able to mentor. They're able to be good in the community. And I'm not discrediting any of those guys' basketball ability because they've all played a role in this season helping their teams um, try to be better. Um, So Ryan has just had horrendous luck. Mm. You know, like I remember late in my career, I was very fortunate. Joey Wright, which is I'd show up for training, be like, you're not practicing today. You're off. Like, I'm saving you for when it matters, when we flip the lights on. I don't need you out here, you know, going to work against Maniac Gibbo, Adam Gibson. And that's what Simon Mitchell's been doing with Mitch Creek. Yeah. You know, and it is hard because we want to hoop. We want to go out there and play. And you want to you, you almost need to validate yourself every day if you're if you're legit about being the best and trying to do what's required to help your team win. But um with all this other stuff, I, I'm down with it. You know what? Give me more game minutes and I'll cut down on these training minutes when you enter your 30s. Like, and you know, the other thing, Liam, is I think Ryan is, is really finding his stroke in this competition. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I agree with you. Before we close it out, though, I want to ask you about Kyle Adam. Yeah. Down year for Kyle. Pillar of the community, Southeast Melbourne kid, one of the leaders. He's a co-captain of that team. Coming out of contract. So I think from a physical perspective, and Kyle is one of my favorite players in the league. I 
you know, we exchange messages every now and then. I really like guys who maximize their potential, do whatever it takes to keep themselves ready. And he has had some really impactful games. Yeah. Is there another spot for him, though, somewhere else in the competition? You know, I don't see I, – I think Adelaide could use a guy like Kyle. Um, you know, Adelaide, you could have a Kyle come off the bench with someone like a Nick Marshall. Kyle's got experience, and you can, you can kind of not kill yourself, and you can mitigate the risk by having Nick, out, Nick Marshall out there as he's still trying to learn the game by having someone like Kyle out there. Um, I think there's still a place for him in the, in the league. Again, you know, you can't sign too many good dudes. Like, I've already given that to Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got you Ruben Tarangi. Right. It's just like you can't have, you got to have a crazy dude, but you can't have too many crazy dudes. So you got to get that balance right. And I probably think for Kyle's sake, it's probably time to move on. And I think Adelaide, could be a decent landing spot for him okay interesting geez a lot to keep an eye on uh over the next couple of weeks in terms of announcements from your clubs you know who do they re-sign what options are being picked up what decisions are being made and from there you can start to map out okay well this is what our roster looks like the depth chart this is the direction we're going but also a chance to look abroad at who's coming out of contract from other clubs to see who your team might be able to snap up. So it's going to be fascinating while this race for the championships going on over the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a lot Mm. of wheeling and dealing going on behind the scenes in the front Mm. offices and with the agents of these, of these players. And it's so fascinating now. And, you know, the play in firstly, there've been so many great things happen this year for the league whether they were driven by the league or a byproduct of things that happened. But, you know, the play, and obviously I mentioned that the shortening of the season to has really sustained interest. And I think it's sustained interest also from the media. I don't feel as fatigued as I did last year. Remember last year was like, wow, this seems, but I think all of us are really tuned in and engaged and locked in. Um, The performances by the media guys have been tremendous, not only, you know, the guys who do the TV broadcast, but um, other podcasts and writers right around the country, the level of coverage is is top shelf now, Liam. Yeah. And you know what? There's nothing more fun than than free agency, than than looking oh. at who's who's available, you know, and and how you you would go about constructing the team's roster. So hey, listen, if you're watching on YouTube, leave some comments to say what you would do with your squad and who you would like to re-sign. If you're listening on the, on as a podcast, hit us up on Twitter or the like. Tag Ruck and I in and let us know who you think would be a priority re-signing or move for your squad. Ruck, love it. Every time you jump on the huddle, you come in and smash it. And uh, I appreciate you once again. Thank you, Liam. You're the best, man. And I uh, look forward to the next one. Cheers. 